mom, and welcome back to the Interesting Podcast, where we know a little about a lot. I'm Annika. I'm Paige. Sup, Paige? That was like a weird one. I was like, hey. <laughs> You're ready. Hey. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm good. I've got my Perrier, and no one's at my house, so Ooh, you're good. so I mean, fancy. I did, I did order my groceries to go, though, so, like, if my doorbell rings, like, I gotta go get them, <laughs> just so you want, just I in case you're I do need to ask you something, though, because you called it Perrier. I call it Perrier. However, I always say LaCroix, and you say LaCroix. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you're gonna be fancy about your water page, like, you gotta be <laughs> fancy about all of it or none of it. That's so true. Like I don't even double down. No, you're so right. <laughs> How does it feel to say both of them correctly? Oh, it's it's pretty great. Um, yeah, I bet. It's really fun making friends by telling them they pronounce things incorrectly. All right, Ross. It goes over well for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear you're making new friends out there in Las Vegas. Thank kind you so of. much. <laughs> Unless they have my name, in which case... It really burns my bacon. Set page. Vegas page. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've started calling you guys Vegas page and Denver page. It used to be <laughs> old page and new page, and I felt like that kind of rubbed you the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like I... Well, how old is she? Is she the same age as me, or is she younger? She's younger. Oh, bitch. <laughs> Just kidding. I, like, I meant it as in, like, my old friend page and my new friend page. It had nothing to do that. with, like, your actual age, but it definitely <laughs> felt that way. Yeah, I just, like, instantly. I'm 29, so this is, like, getting to be sensitive. Oh, my God, you are 29. Yeah. I am 29. I keep thinking, well, I mean, I am 28, but I keep thinking I'm turning 28 this year. <laughs> I mean, Mike, today is Mike's 28th birthday. Mm. So, in my mind, in my mind, he's older than me just because he's so much more mature. <laughs> but here we are. Yeah. Cody's younger than me. He just turned 20 on Saturday. He yeah. turned 20 on Saturday? <laughs> no! He just turned 28. <laughs> and so I'm like, um, he's like a child. But I feel like he's more mature than me, too, sometimes. Sometimes. Not all the time. Not all the sometimes. time. That's true. I won't give Mike that. Miguel. <laughs> Happy birthday, Michael Potts. I'm glad that the Avengers came out just for you. Yes. And he did make his own birthday dinner last night. I can't believe you lucked out. That's so nice. I got so lucky. You did. You did. I mean, you guys got that, uh, what is Is it a smoker? Is that what he was doing? The big green egg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is the difference? I need to understand that first. So, yeah, it's, it's basically a smoker. It's a grill. It could be whatever you want it to be. No, nah, it's versatile. I respect it. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I don't, I'm, I don't have that. Yeah, I have an Instapot, so ha. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I inspired that, though. You did. That soup that you made, like, Cody and I make it, like, once a week. I'm not joking you. And I I, I have to go buy this stuff to so my, my dad got an Instapot, and now he wants to make it. Aw. I know. I wish I knew the, the recipe name right now so I could shout them out to our three listeners but um it's like by 40 aprons it's a whole 30 tortillas tortilla soup and it's amazing <laughs> so good i did make so it again good. for mike see not on his birthday yeah i like have been not just i've just been like foregoing the coconut milk because i don't really think it adds that much flavor and i've just been doing it as is Mm-hmm. that's well, been just as good 
That's good. I love the coconut mm-hmm. milk. I think that might be mm-hmm. my favorite part. I just love the creaminess of it, but you're not a creamy fan, so. That's true. All right, Annika, what is uh, this week's episode about? We are talking about real-life superheroes. And not like the stories that you hear on CNN about a man saving a bunch of children from a burning building or whatever. We're talking <laughs> costumes. We're talking nicknames. The whole nine yards. When you were doing your research, did you come across the acronym R-L-S-H? Did you mute me? <laughs> I can't hear you. <laughs> I definitely did mute you. <laughs> so what were you saying (laughs) i don't know did you like literally hear any of that no you just muted me like right when you started talking (laughs) oh man i said when you were doing your research did you come across the acronym rlsh real life superheroes yes there's a whole wiki page i know devoted to them there are like hundreds of these people I know. It's insane. Yes. Shout out to RLSH Wiki. It was pretty funny, honestly, to see it. <laughs> so, Paige, our interesting of the week. You decided to come up with this topic, so why don't you start? What is the most heroic thing you've ever done? Okay, this isn't fair because you. I told you ahead of time that I couldn't really think of one. Um, like it's it's so bad. It's not even like I rescued a dog. Like. I bought my dog, and then I lost it. But <laughs> she didn't like lose it, lose it. It had. I didn't home. like lose it. Like no, he's no. Was, I lost it in the custody agreement. <laughs> um, hold on, I'm gonna text my mom and ask her what's the most heroic thing I've ever done. <laughs> Perfect. What about you, Annika? While I await my I mom, mean, like, oh, my mom's driving. Never mind. <laughs> does she still have that? That thing turned on on her iPhone where if you're driving, Yeah, she's the you. only one I know. But I, like, respect it because the reason that, like, I never turned mine off. I just ignored it so blatantly that I just stopped doing it itself. Mm-hmm. My mom has just, like, stuck with it. So I respect it. Respect. Hello, Sorry, my dog. Do you hear them? Mm-hmm. Great. That's cute. Um, I was about to say that I save animals all the time. That's my act of... <laughs> But I, I, they're idiots right now, so I can't. Anyway. So yeah, back to my incredible heroic story. I, um, saved a lizard that was stuck in my pond. People are quick to tell me that lizards know how to swim. However, the water level was low (laughs) and it couldn't climb up the walls. So it was just, it was stuck and it was exhausted. So I put a stick in there and take him out. You saved him. I did. And then he ran through the backyard right in front of the dog door and Kylo shoved his head out. It's only like the dog door is only big enough to fit Kylo's head, not his whole body. But as the lizard is running by, uh, Kylo just shoves his head out of the dog door and I thought he was going to eat it. I thought he was. So when you like sent me a video of the second part of this. And Biz and I are watching it, and the minute I went around that corner, we were both like, "No!" Because <laughs> you see Kylo's head shoot out, <laughs> right? We're like, "Oh my gosh, did he just eat it?" <laughs> oh no! Yeah, that's that's my act of heroism, my heroic act. We're gonna just go with that. Oh, I did save a whole family of ducks once. Ooh, like did you divert traffic? Um, it eventually turned into that. Okay, so I was. It was when I was living in Colorado, 
and my boss and I had a meeting that we mm-hmm. drove to together. And on the way back, we saw this mom duck with all of her babies trailing her, like walking along the the curb or the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. And she walked over a little like sewage grate. No. And she was able to walk over it, but as her babies tried to follow her, all of them fell through. Oh my gosh. I know. And did she even notice or did she just keep quacking away and walking? Um, I mean we were drove past pretty quickly and we saw it happen and my boss and I just look at each other, like, did you just see that? <laughs> so like we drive back to to work and I was like, I have to go. Like I need to go see if there's anything I can do to help. He's like, Okay. <laughs> So <laughs> I drive back over there and I pull over to the side of the road. Mama Duck is like freaking out because she can't I'm get her sure. babies. And I go over to the, the drainage ditch and I can hear the babies down there. So like I know they're alive. So I call the city of Denver and they actually sent out two guys to come. They had to block off traffic on the road so they could like go through the manhole. And a guy oh. went down under the road with a box and came back up like 10 minutes later. And the box was full of all the baby ducks. Oh, that's so cute. And Mama was so happy. So wait, do you call like the Denver like non-emergency line? Yeah, I just called like 411 and then got connected <laughs> to somebody. Okay, I don't wait. Know. So you called 411 you're like, all right, I just saw some baby ducks go down a, a, a manhole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who do I call? <laughs> And I was I was afraid they weren't gonna take me seriously, but the guys came out within like thirty minutes. Oh, that's so cool! Yeah, go Denver. Yeah, go me. I'm quite the hero. <sighs> I don't really have anything like that. I maybe I do. I just like don't remember it. But I guess like what the maybe one of the coolest acts of heroism that I haven't like I wasn't the hero in it, but I was like there ish. When we were playing when we were little outside of, like, one of this kids in our neighborhood's house. And this, like, guy who had stolen a car. And I don't know if he was hammered or what. He was, like, ripping through this our little suburgatory neighborhood. And nearly, like, takes out a bunch of kids. And then he tries to jerk the car. And he ends up putting the car over a, a fire, fire, not extinguisher, fire. Fire hydrant? What is, thank you. A fire hydrant. <laughs> And it, like, it, like, up-levels the car so the car can't go. So, like, I, like, ran inside and, like, tell this kid's mom. I was like, Brandon, Brandon and my brother almost died. This guy's in the car out front. And so she, like, runs outside. And the guy's, like, trying to leave. He's trying to get out of the car and run. And so she and her husband, like, get on either side of the car and, like, block him in by holding the door shut. Oh my god. It was gosh. crazy. Until the police until the police showed up so that they could like catch him. It was crazy. And she had like she had a torn ACL. Her like leg was in a brace and she was using it as leverage to shove this guy. Go like, keep girl. The All right. I know. That's like, you know, that mom strength, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I don't have it, but Me neither. I don't know. Maybe it's like all the HGH you get when you're growing a baby. It has to be it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had to call 911 before? Um, I guess my act of heroism is that I called the police on somebody who was claiming to want to take their own life. And, you know, it didn't really, when the cops showed up, it didn't really look like they had any intention of doing so. (laughs) 
But you know what? I called. I tried. And, you know, that's like <laughs> that's the best you can do sometimes in those situations. And yeah, I mean, I've had a few calls that have woken me up in the middle of the night before from people who have had really serious struggles with depression and really mm-hmm. needed help in those situations. And See? um, you know, I think I, I think that's a, a sign of strength from people. I mean, it's it's a huge strength in character to reach out for help versus harming yourself. So regardless of, you know, if somebody was going to do that for real or if it's just a cry for help, it's still like, you know, they still need help in that situation. Exactly. Something has to be addressed. Yeah. So that happened, I suppose. I didn't really remember that until just now. Man. I'm fairly open about like my struggle with depression. Yeah. Um, Maybe not as blatantly as I should be. But yeah. I think, like, most of my close friends and family know that I've had a big struggle with it. And um, I, I think I get, like, a pretty good read on people and can tell, like, when people are, are struggling with something. And so, like, usually in those situations, I'll, I'll be a little bit more open about, like, the struggles that I've had in the past. Just yeah. So, like, they, they know that they're not alone and they, like, have somebody they can talk to. And so yeah. um, I think that's been pretty beneficial for some people when they feel like they've kind of hit the bottom and don't know what else to do they at least know that they can reach out to me so yeah no that's a good quality to have for sure yeah that's insane though I had no idea that happened yeah anyway now that we've talked about so many things that we have to cut from this (laughs) yeah yeah exactly let's bring it back around to things that our listeners can hear okay um (laughs) (laughs) We're so good at podcasting. I know. Always keep you guessing. So, superheroes. I have... I'm going to first talk about um, this superhero called Super Mario. Not Super Mario. an amazing name, may I say. And it's like... He's in Mexico City, so it's probably like Super Barrio, because it's like... (laughs) Yeah, like the barrio. Hanging on the barrio. Barrio. Um, me. but this guy's pretty cool. Um, let me just give you a little, little background on him. Okay. So I've read a 1997 CNN world news article that described him as a flabby caped crusader in cherry red tights who travels the streets of Mexico city, defending the lower class. You go super Mario. <laughs> I can't believe they called you flabby. I That's know. how you know it's 1997. They can't do that now. It's body shaming. That is body shaming. You look beautiful in your spandex, sir. <laughs> His role is mainly symbolic, but he quote unquote fights crime and corruption in Mexico City through nonviolent means in the form of protests, political action, and civil disobedience. Aww. Yeah. His name translates to super neighborhood, and he states... I can't stop a plane or a train single-handed, but I can keep a family from being evicted. So that's really oh sweet. Gosh. I love him so much. I love him. <laughs> so let's talk about his outfits. The uh, cherry red tights that accentuate his beautiful flabs. Accentuate his beautiful curves, Annika. (laughs) I was just going back to the article quote, okay? (laughs) 
yeah. he was inspired by the Mexican tradition of luchadors, which are like those Mexican wrestlers, and that always wear you know spandex and have the masks and everything. So he wears a red and yellow mask with matching spandex with a matching spandex suit and a cape. Okay. Yeah. Does he look like Nacho Libre? You know, that's probably the best comparison that one can make about him. Okay. And I think we need to put all these pictures of these superheroes on our Instagram. Oh, for sure. Yeah. People need visuals. I get it. There have been several attempts to identify Super Barrio, but none have been confirmed. Marco Rascón Cordova is the man who created the character and has organized events, and he was believed to be the man behind the mask, but he says the man in the suit is someone else entirely, which just sounds very suspicious to me. I don't match the body types. Is he flabby? <laughs> is he flabby? <laughs> <laughs> on next week on Interesting Podcast, <laughs> we we'll get, get to, to the, bottom the bottom of this. Of this. <laughs> oh, jinx. Hey. <laughs> He is known to be a street vendor by day, but not much more than that is out there on him. In a 2008 Time Magazine article titled A Mexican Take on the Primary Race, an article on the Democratic primary race focuses its attention on Mexico because according to the article, the connection is even more pronounced in Mexico, where the government estimates that fully half of the population has family in the United States. And many of the issues being debated by the candidates Immigration, the North American Free Trade Agreement, and war in Iraq that Mexico was asked to support have long been concerns of the Mexican public. So Super Barrio was mentioned in this because in 1996, he declared himself a U.S. presidential candidate. (laughs) (laughs) Running on the promise that he would abolish the Border Patrol and Drug Enforcement Agency to deal a blow to international drug trafficking. And he even held mock campaign rallies on both sides of the border. So What? Yeah. If you what? guys need somebody to vote for in 2020, Super Barrio. Let's Super Barrio is right. Get him out of retirement. That is so funny. I mean, <laughs> that takes some creativity. You're like, you know what? I need some PR. I also need to connect with my people. I'm going <laughs> to run for I'm going to run for president in a state or in a country that I am not a citizen in. Not a citizen in. And, you know, if you're not born in the U.S., you can't run for president. Be president. So, you know. No, but you can be vice president. And then if the president dies, you can become president. You can't be elected president. always a loophole. Always a loophole. So here's looking at you, governor. <laughs> There's still hope. <laughs> Actually, here's looking at you, Trevor Noah. <laughs> oh, my God. I would 100% back that. Me too. But, like, I don't want to back, like, any sort of conspiracy where the president die- has to die. I don't know. Maybe you just, like, have one that's already on his deathbed. I'm not sure. I'm just saying, if we get on some FBI watch list, that's, yeah. like, more listeners. <laughs> <laughs> They're forced to listen to us. <laughs> I know. Can you imagine our, our following is the same people that- Listen to InfoWars. <laughs> <laughs> and Nancy Grace. And Jim mm-hmm. from the FBI. <laughs> exactly. 
Not our kind of people, but hey, I'm not, again, as always, I am in no position to be turning down listeners. Nope. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> but anyways, thank you for informing us about Super Barrio. You're welcome. You say it so beautifully. You know, I really try. If I were to do Duolingo today, I would say I'm at least 7% fluent in English and Spanish. It doesn't even tell you that anymore. It's so disappointing. That's the only it reason doesn't. why I did it because I'm like, oh, my percentage is getting, well, not that, I don't know. I might be, I might just not know how or like where it tells you. Mm-hmm. So I have, I'm looking at my phone right now and I have the apps that I would like to be using the most on my first page. Ooh, that's smart. So I have like, you know, my fitness pal and mm-hmm. Fitbit and mm-hmm. like those ones. And it Duolingo mm-hmm. is among them. Can't Ooh. say this tactic works. <laughs> When's the last time you used it? Uh, let's see if it tells me. Now you're going to get, you're going to get push notifications for the next like three years after touching it once. And it's so passive aggressive too. It is so passive-aggressive. Um, I have a zero-day streak, is what it tells me. <laughs> well, here we are. <laughs> it happens. I tried at one point. I get Same here. I don't know how long I lasted, actually. I don't know. But I'm not Duolingo, so... I mean, I'm just going to say that Duolingo says that I have 2,790 points. And you have 346 points. (laughs) Man, called out. You know, here's a fun fact. Annika and I used to send text messages back and forth to each other in all Spanish for like days on end. Yeah, we We tried to challenge ourselves to see how long we could go before we had to send somebody a text in English. Yeah, we should do that again because I don't. Need, I I would struggle with it for sure. Oh yeah, but it would be good. Like I th- I was like confident in my memory in Spanish, and then I went to Colombia and realized that I it is I have severely failed myself, and I really need to do Duolingo or something. <laughs> oh yeah, I thought that I was gonna do really well in Italy because I hear that Italian and Spanish are very similar, which like they yeah. are. But then when I got yeah. to Italy, I was like, oh, wait, I don't know Spanish. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> why did I think I'd have an Great. advantage? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like when we were in Spain and we would see, like, Catalonian. Oh, that like, was Like, that was very similar to Spanish. But, like, it was crazy because, like, I was like, I, you could tell what Spanish word it was, but it was completely different spelling different and spelling, super yeah. bizarre looking. But it was good. Yeah, and you're like, I recognize that Spanish word that this is supposed to be, but I don't know what it's supposed to be in English. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you for Super Barrio and for enduring the tangent that was what happened after. (laughs) (laughs) Enlighten me. Who are you going to tell me about now? I'm going to tell you about Mr. Extreme. Spelled with an X, huh? Isn't it? Yeah. It's not (laughs) E-X. It just starts with an X. And you can't... You can't see me right now, but I have my arms up and up in an X. Me too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I think is actually like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, but whatever. <laughs> okay, so this guy's name is probably my favorite part about him. His name is Clark Stark. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, that's his like 
That's his identity, like his real name. That's his real name. Clark Stark. I was like, is it Clark? Like, is it fake though? Like, is he like Clark Kent and then Tony Stark? That's what I was just going like, to say. Like, like, this sounds so fake I don't to know. Me. That's just what the article. I did an Uproxx. I used an Uproxx article, which seemed like pretty reputable, honestly. Mm-hmm. So. It's like the people who are predispositioned to become their names. Like that chick who's named Amelia Earhart, who flies. That's it's so not true. Like, this is a Denver girl who like flies airplanes and helicopters, but allegedly, uh, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> so yeah, so you just name your your kid Clark Stark, and they'll be a superhero. Exactly. A real life superhero. So Clark Stark is a 43 year old security supervisor by day and is a costumed local superhero by night. Uh, as a child, Stark was a big fan of comic book heroes, but once he entered his 20s, he wanted to sort of be part of the solution of crime. So, you know, like, most people would, like, join the police or something like that, but he actually joined the Guardian Angels, which was apparently a group of civilian watchdogs who wore red berets and performed citizen arrests around the country. It, like, started in New York City, but it spread all over the country. Did they ride motorcycles, or am I just making that up? I think you're thinking of Hell's Angels. (laughs) (laughs) So, different, it turns out. Very different. (laughs) Um, he actually had 20 citizen arrests while he was part of this wow. group. I know. Like, that's a lot. I don't know how to do a citizen's arrest. I don't, like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I perform a citizen arrest on you for stealing too many hearts. Aww. I don't know. You can perform one on me for taking the dance floor hostage. <laughs> oh my <laughs> No. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> no, no, I didn't thank you for that. <laughs> yep, exactly. I feel like that deserves a thank you as well. Thanks. Um, <laughs> after some time, Stark began to long for more independ- independence and freedom of expression of his heroism. He his So instead of going into them, again, the police or something, he decided that he was going to become a real-life hero. And in 2006, he founded the Extreme Justice League. That's right. It's not just him. He has friends in this? I, I guess. So, he's, so he founded the Extreme Justice League in San Diego. The idea for the crime-fighting group is something right off a child's comic book. <laughs> <laughs> they consider themselves crusaders fighting for truth, justice, and peace striving to create better lives for those around them. And they're all fully costumed and, like, whatever they want to wear. Do they all have superhero names? Yeah, they, like, what, I can't even, I think I might have written one down, but I don't even, there's, there's a few of them. It's, like, ran, like, a business. There's, like, a hierarchy and whatnot. Okay. Uh, yeah, he has, like, a trusty sidekick. It's pretty intense. So I guess he kind of had a bad upbringing. He grew up in a bad part of town. He saw a lot of violence. Um, Ooh, origin and so, story. Yeah, origin story. <laughs> um, and at one point, while you know, after his time in the Guardians of the Angels, he was just kind of looking for something more. Um, so he actually started looking at joining a gang 
or joining some type, which is kind of crazy after being part of like a neighborhood watch service and that he was like, oh, let's join a gang. But anyways, um, or he was looking at joining like extreme political groups too. Um, but instead he decided just to become a vigilante himself. Uh, quite the switch. Like I could join a gang or I could become a vigilante. So I think the point of this article was sort of, was supposed to be to like parallel how, you know, like a lot of, a lot of heroes sort of teeter on the edge of villainism as well. Mm -hmm. And so this is sort of his journey, how he could have been a villain too. I don't know. Uh, the Extreme Justice League focuses on stopping violent crimes, especially in gang-riddled communities. Uh, Stark does not provide many details about actual incidents that he's been a part of, but he does say he's been a part of dozens of really serious violent incidents. Uh, he, he didn't, his, like, trusty sidekick mentioned that they, they focus more on, you know, helping victims rather than, like, punishing the other people. Okay. But, because they're operating outside of the law, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, seems like Mr. Extreme and his cohorts have a good relationship with the San Diego Police Department, which is not the case with, like, another one of my heroes down the list. <laughs> the police have even applauded their bravery for getting involved with with these types of incidents, the police say that they can't be everywhere, so they really appreciate how some people are willing to get involved, especially when violence is sort of ensuing. Okay. I know. The extreme justice... Impressive. I feel like in so many superhero movies, they always have a conflict with the police. I know. Like, I mean, even Batman had to, like, you know, only work with one police officer. Mm -hmm. All the other ones, not so much. Okay, there's your trees are here. <laughs> I'll be right back, like really fast. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to put whatever needed to be put in the fridge in the fridge. Oh, no worries. Welcome back. Thanks. <laughs> Anywho, I'm not gonna edit any of that out. It's just gonna be like two <laughs> minutes of silence, like, deafening silence, and then me like dropping something and saying ow at some point just like my heavy breathing (laughs) oh man um where was i okay uh back to mr extreme does he wear a costume like what i know you said he does what does it look like so he does wear a costume it's had a couple of variations um hold on let me pull up the picture i had of him so Mr. Extreme's costume is, he wears sort of like a bulletproof vest looking situation that has like a lot of green highlighter paint on it uh, that says Extreme Justice League. And it says under it, their slogan, which is evil suppress unit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and he wears sort of like a helmet. Like, is it kind of like a... When you think of, like, World War Two and they're in the trenches and they kind of have those bucket helmets. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. He's got one of those. He's got one of those and it's, like, neon green. It's got a lot of stickers on it. And then he wears these goggles. Kind of look like ski goggles. <laughs> and then camo plants. And then, like, sometimes he's pictured in a cape, but other times he's not. So. No capes. I, I like to think of him fully caped all the time. But... Not so much. It's funny, too, because, like, if you 
you know, live and work in these cities, what if your coworkers might be one of these people? Oh, I know. Like, he he says he's in, like, security services by day. I'm not really sure what that means. But, yeah, I, I, you can pretty, you can tell who he is. I mean, his name's Clark Stark, allegedly. <laughs> I still don't buy it. Right? But you can still see his, like, face in the pictures of him, to, in, to some degree. Mm-hmm. Like, if, it, if this was one of my friends, like, if this was JJ, I would know it was him. Could you imagine? Not just by his height. That'd be hysterical. JJ, please become a real-life superhero. He's so afraid of clowns. What if he pulled, like, a Bruce Wayne and became his fear <laughs> and dressed up as a clown? I mean, I, that's called the Joker, and I think we need, we're about ready for a new one, so. There is a new Here one. Here we go. Oh, yeah, that's true. There's a whole movie coming out about the Joker. You missed your chance, JJ. It's true. Joaquin Phoenix. One, Phoenix. Oof. One up to you. Mm. Um, and just in conclusion, like I said, the Extreme Justice League operates outside of the scope of the law, and their leader has even said that they are not on the street to enforce the law, and that they actually disagree with many laws. They're simply out there to make sure that people get home safe, and that violent crimes are avoided when they can be. Okay. I have something to say on that. Yes. So they're out there to ensure that people get home safe. If you are walking home from the bar... And suddenly you're being trailed by a man or just a whole group of men dressed up in costume, like their faces are hidden and they look like they got lost on their way to San Diego Comic-Con. I would be like, what is this? The Purge? Uh, No. I would be more afraid in that situation than I would be if just like some random guy started following me. Totally. It's so scary. I mean, he's he's like, I'm sure he's a nice guy and all, but yeah, yeah. I'm sure they have to be because they're, they're doing this. Like they're volunteering their time to help protect people, which I think is pretty honorable, but I don't, I think I would just be more terrified if I saw a person in costume because it's just, it's not a normal thing. Yeah. I mean, they did say that like when they first started doing this, uh, at the, in the early days, the cops would actually, like, pull them over constantly and, like, frisk them and take their, like, mace and stuff away because they were, looked at them like they were just, like, a bunch of thugs. They didn't think of them as, like, actual heroes, but they say now that they're, they're, they're most of the time, they're just left alone. Okay. Yeah. So I guess maybe just people who are in their neighborhood know who they are at this point. They, they must stay pretty local. They stay in, a, they stay in like, a, a lot of gang-filled areas. So, I mean, you're not going to see them chilling in Brentwood. <laughs> I don't really. I went with Brentwood. They're, like, in San Diego. Yeah, I don't like know. Gas Wait, lamp La Jolla. Area. You're not going to see them hanging in La Jolla. <laughs> <laughs> They're not at SeaWorld. They should be at SeaWorld. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, then. Thank you for sharing that. That's a... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a fun group. Yeah, a fun group. I mean, I feel like a drink with them. so many of these guys, and this is where I, I have a lot of morbid thoughts that just come into my head all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel okay. like with so many of these, these superheroes, their costumes are pretty basic. I mean, they're all pretty much homemade. I feel like somebody with bad intentions can dress up as them and try to take their identity and try to make people feel safe. But, like, actually, exactly. you know, destroy them. I agree. I mean, and now you've just put out these thoughts out there, and now the Extreme Justice 
Justice League is sure to fall. So thanks for that, Annika. You're welcome. Because honestly, the people who listen to this podcast are some shady individuals. <laughs> All, right. All right. Who's next? It's a really good question. Um, We are going to talk about the Black Rat. <laughs> yes. That's a terrible name. He's in Sydney, Australia. And... Oh. um. A lot of this information has come from the Daily Telegraph, an article titled mm-hmm. Black Rat, a White Knight for Sydney, and <laughs> Grape Shot, which is a university student publication. So here okay. we go. <laughs> Loving it. All right. So his aim is to make the streets safer for everybody. He lives in Western Sydney. And after he moved to the inner city, he discovered it was more dangerous after he was the victim of four attempted muggings. It's just a very unlucky dude. That is. He states there are safety issues that someone should deal with. And I realized I am someone. Good job, (laughs) Black Rat. Good job. A reporter describes him as Caucasian in his 30s and bearded. So that's all we've got. He is Caucasian and goes by the Black Rat, so I was just gonna put that out there. Um, so there's no pictures of him. I mean, there's, there's. I watched YouTube videos of him. Mm, mm. Um, I feel like he could be identifiable, and apparently his friends know who he is. But okay. I mean, he does wear. I'll, I'll let you know what he wears. Actually, he wears a black mask and a custom suit he designed, consisting of flexible, impact-resistant armored plates and knife-resistant clothing that can easily be worn under street clothes. He says he spent thousands of dollars making the suit, and that it's mostly for PR and public appearances. Oh, and he also wears a fedora, so he's, like, totally normal. (laughs) Yeah. Um. (laughs) Just to top it off. Top it off, literally. Fedora. There is... So one of the YouTube videos I watched, it was from Sneaky Magazine... And the black mm-hmm. rat has the reporter attempt to stab him with what? a butcher's, like this huge butcher's knife, and he's unable to do it. And then later on in the video, the black rat takes a baseball bat and repeatedly hits himself over the head with it with no reaction because his fedora is stuffed with D3O foam, which I guess is like very impact resistant. Yeah, that or the screws are just loose in his head already. I'm not going to argue against that. (laughs) So he takes martial arts classes five nights a week. Oh. Keeping the martial arts industry in Sydney, like, just keeping them flourishing. (laughs) And he believes that people are becoming less spatially aware because of smartphones, and that's what's causing a surge of violence. And I'm not going to argue with him on that either. I think... Yeah. I think... I've actually heard before that as as a woman, I probably been too, you're more likely to be attacked if you look distracted, if you're like, you know, texting on your phone, something like that. It's just easier to come up on you. Yeah, which is interesting because like I think one of like the women, like a defense mechanism for women is that when they like are uncomfortable in a situation, they'll pretend to be on the phone. Like even if they're not doing anything of consequence. Are you referring to techno cocooning? Yeah. Ayo. What was our teacher's name? He would be so proud of us. I have no idea. That was the best college course ever. When you're trying to 
hide in technology to like be unapproachable. It's called techno cocooning. So mm-hmm. fun fact for you all today. Keeping things interesting over here. Hey. So he carries a rat pack with him and <laughs> it consists of a fire extinguisher, fire blanket, and a first aid kit. So I don't know if he's just come upon a lot of fires, if he's just very prepared for fires, if maybe he's afraid of fire. I don't know, but he's ready for it. And his most important weapon is his phone. He says he's more inclined to call the cops than get involved. Oh. Yeah. So, so he's more like a watchdog. He's more like a watchdog who takes a lot of martial arts classes. Just for the fun of it, I guess. He does. Okay. You know, just in case. He has broken up a few a few things. So he patrols the streets of Western Sydney three times a week and reports any violent crimes he witnesses. And while on most nights he doesn't see anything, he is directly responsible for no less than eight criminal convictions. He has. Oh. Yeah. So he's he has some success. He's He does. He's broken up instances of domestic violence and has stopped a home invasion. And he is mainly on the lookout for safety concerns, such as burnt out streetlights, worn out crosswalks, things that could become hazardous. So then he alerts the people responsible for fixing it. Oh. Um, yeah, as a kid, he was influenced by comic book characters, as they all were, mm-hmm. but only the ones without powers. So. Okay, so like Batman? Yeah, so he's actually very drawn to Batman because... Um, he has PTSD. The black oh. rat has PTSD, so it makes him hypersensitive, like hyper aware of what's going on. So he had made his weaknesses strength. So, um, kind of like Batman, but to be determined on whether or not he had a bad encounter with rats in his youth, I couldn't find that information. So, <laughs> yeah, like what, what caught, like what brought on the rat person? Right. I need to understand. Like maybe. It's the exact same thing as Bruce Wayne. Like, he fell into a well, but instead of it being filled with bats, it was filled with rats. <sighs> See, I took it to, like, a nice place where I was like, maybe he was, like, obsessed with Master Splinter as a kid <laughs> from Ninja Turtles. <laughs> and that's why he, like, does martial arts, because that's what they did. Oh. So, I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. We'll, we'll say that's fact. Yeah, Fact. He's not going to say anything, otherwise he'd have to give us his name. He won't tell us that, but he will tell us a safety tip for individuals to keep them safe. He says, there's a small amount of gold in every Australian $2 coin. So keeping $20 worth of them in a wallet makes for a sneaky, efficient weapon with enough force to break an attacker's nose when swung. In Australia, an individual cannot arm themselves against street violence with mace spray or personal tasers. That's why it's important to be cautious and aware at all times. Thank you, Black Rat. I mean, he's not wrong. Just carrying your little coin purse around and whacking someone in the face. (laughs) That'll leave a mark. (laughs) That'll leave a mark. That'll leave a mark. That'll do. Thanks, Black Rat. Yeah. Um, if you do have time, you should look up this YouTube video of him getting stabbed by a reporter. It's pretty, I, pretty like, funny. Just the, the sound of that makes me so uncomfortable. Oh, the reporter was so uncomfortable. <laughs> She's like, do you understand the liability if this actually works? <laughs> like, this isn't going to be good for me. 
There's no getting away with this one. Mm-mm. It's on video. Exactly. Oh, vigilantes. <laughs> they all just want to help. They just want to help, which, yeah, it's true. They're just so extreme in it, you know? I know. Just me and my last one's pretty funny with that. But. <laughs> Can't wait. The My next one is more of like a what the fuck. Ooh, okay, I'm excited. Um, Okay, so this is the Sombra Negra in El Salvador, which stands for Black Shadow, mm. also known as a clan de plante, which is the plant clan. <laughs> what? I don't know where that came from because it doesn't make any sense. So they're not saving plants? No, that's not, that has nothing to do with it. They seem less like a vigilante group to me, honestly, and more like a death squad. What? Um, they're made up of police officers and members of the military in El Salvador. Originally, the group came together to take down criminals and gang members operating outside the law. Uh, Originally, so what do they do now? (laughs) Right? Well, their vigilante justice first became public in 1989, and they quickly grew in popularity, and by 1995, they claimed to have killed 17 people. Because that's something you can do. You're like, yeah, we killed 17 people, and apparently it's going to be okay because nobody did anything about it. So, wow. While the original, right? While the original mission of the group was focused on gang members and violent criminals, it has since switched gears to political killings of those considered politi- political enemies to the El Salvador government what? or those that are politically or socially left. So, wow. not good for you and Ionica. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Uh, their methods have been, like, pretty barbaric. They are known to tie up their prisoners and torture them for hours and sometimes even remove their genitalia. No. <gasps> yeah, I don't understand how these people are vigilantes. They're insane. But the reason that they're also considered vigilantes is they are known for taking on MS-13, which was a violent radical group that would take over border towns on the Rio and they were so scary that they would even scare Texas Rangers away. Are you kidding me? But yeah, but the Sombra Negra did not care and they would often confront them. MS thirteen I'm pretty sure they're still around, but don't don't take my word for that. Okay. I don't know anything about gang violence. Yeah, same. Um, right? So what do they do now? No one really knows. They're still around, and the El Salvadorian government claims they're under control, but there is def- there's less information now than there was in 1989 on them. Wow. Nobody, nobody knows who they are or, like, where they, where they uh, are headquartered or anything like that, but they, they're definitely still around. Just nobody knows. That just sounds like a lot of corruption. Yes, that's what I thought, too. I was just like, oh, so, like, the minute that you turn to, like, political killings, it's no longer vigilante. Yeah, it's not. It's more like a terrorist situation at that point, if you ask me. (laughs) But here we are. They're just killing in general. Like, there are very few superheroes who actually kill. That's true. That's true. I hope Thanos dies, but he's just a purple weirdo, so it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I love purple. (laughs) 
purple weirdo. Aw. He's Thanos. Oh, man. It's okay. I mean, so yeah, when you kill half the population of the universe, I think maybe you deserve to die. Like, what was the cut? How come he could get away with killing all these people, but, like, stay alive at the same time? What was interesting to me about Thanos was, like, who's to say that he doesn't die? Like, why why did he get to live? Right. But, I mean, this, this, like, he, he never confronted that. That's true. Right. We have some serious questioning for you, Thanos. Yeah. Marvel. <laughs> Come on. Stanley. R.I.P. Aw, R.I.P. <laughs> All these little plot holes, we need them filled. Yeah. It's kind of why we're doing this episode today, in case we forgot to put that Oh, yeah. Front. Guess what's coming out this weekend? Avengers Endgame. Woo! But we can't successfully call it an Endgame. Like, I mean, they already have, I'm pretty sure, another Captain Marvel and Black Panther being made, so... But maybe, is it the end of the Avengers? Like, I feel there's no way that that's going to happen. There's no way that this is just going to be the last Avengers. There's, I mean, they're probably going to kill off a bunch of the main ones. Okay, because but... I'm like, I don't see this going on forever. Like, 80-year-old Robert Downey Jr. is still trying to fight crime I as mean, Tony Stark. I'd be here for it. That's something I'd be willing to watch. That's something that would be like a straight-to-DVD. Yeah, I mean... I would 100% go to Redbox and rent that. <laughs> exactly. That's what it would be. He's one of those people that just gets better with age. It's true. He just gets funnier. I mean, when he was younger, he was a real shit show, so thank God he got better with age. But here's the thing. I feel like a lot of people who are on the hardcore drugs that he was on don't age as well. That's true. What? They usually take their toll. Yeah. It's like I've, I've never in my life wanted to do heroin, but then after seeing, mm-hmm. like, how amazing Robert Downey Jr. is right now. I'm like, oh, you know, it's a gateway drug to being amazing. He found the fountain of youth, you know? It's just like, what <laughs> he found the perfect level of heroin addict you can become and still look young. Yes. Just kidding, everybody. I have no desire yeah, that to do heroin, and, my... and drugs are a serious issue that Paige and I are not knowledgeable <laughs> enough to tackle, so. That, that's 100% accurate. <laughs> All right. So, my last one. It's my last one, right? Yeah. Yeah. His name is Mengano, and he is in Buenos Aires, Argentina. And Mm. I could be saying his name incorrectly. I did call my father, who is from Argentina, to ask how you would say this, and he just said that he would say it, Mengano. So, here we are. According to a 2017 NPR interview, El Superhero, Mangano is a 43-year-old, which I guess is 45-year-old now, uh, 235-pound, 5'11 man who spends his days taking care of his wife and children and works at his private security company. I'm sensing a theme here. But has a second identity patrolling the streets of Buenos Aires. Mm. In this interview, he says... I go out on my motorcycle and travel around doing little things from helping a grandma carry her bags to picking up a garbage bag that is left on the street to pushing a car. He is his outfit started off with a simple Argentinian t-shirt layered underneath a black bulletproof shirt 
with his face and identity hiding beneath a gray mask and a blue helmet. Over time, he's made improvements to his look and even carries a shield like Captain America. No. Yep. He has a shield. <laughs> Respect. Respect. His, he says his name means anyone, anybody, because anybody can do what he does. It literally translates to Joe Blow. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's hysterical. And like many of our other superheroes, he too has an origin story. In 2010, he was grappling with the idea of becoming Men- Mengano and was in the back painting what would become his shield. There was a power outage, and two men came into his house to rob him. He grabbed one of the perpetrator's guns, and it blew off his thumb. And then a month later, he started patrolling around his neighborhood to spread a message of being good. Wait, so did it blow off the perpetrator's thumb or no, his thumb? No, Men- Mengano's thumb. Oh, no! Yeah, so apparently his friend rushed him to the hospital, and they brought the thumb with him, and you know they did some surgeries, and I'm pretty sure he still has the thumb. But because he was out in the backyard painting his shield, like his thumb was all blue from the paint. So just a fun little antidote, I guess. <laughs> okay, I'm looking at pictures of him. He's very Captain America-esque. Yes. And he rides a motorcycle, wow. so. He sure does. <laughs> it's blue. He sure does. Not everybody trusted him, though, which shocker, I know. And many people saw a man in costume walking down the street and called the cops. Like, (laughs) probably what I would do. Right? It even got to a point where his wife threatened to leave him and did leave him. (laughs) Oh, man. They're back together now, but they did have a a brief period of separation. Where she went after the original Captain America. Uh, I mean, Chris Evans. Mm. What up? It's a little too all-American boy for me. He's too good. Like, he's a really good guy. I'm just... Yeah, that's why I love Stark. That's why I love Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah? I mean, I love Captain America, but I just feel like that would get boring over time. I need a little excitement. Exactly. So, just like Captain America, (laughs) Magato became famous pretty quickly, and he gave interviews on Argentinian TV... Colombian channels and even the BBC, and he filmed a video for Coca Cola. Hey, this is working out for Mengano. That's when his wife came back. That is when his wife came back. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Coca Cola might regret this later, but we'll get into it. Um, <laughs> he put his fame to good use and started a superhero school for kids, not like Xavier's school for the gifted youngsters or whatever it was. <laughs> Which would have been, or the umbrella. Have you been watching that? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. I watched the first two episodes. It's pretty good. Um, okay. But yeah, his school was a place where children could learn how to use fire extinguishers, call emergency services, that kind of a thing. Yeah. However, in 2013, Mangano's superhero dreams came crashing down. After an alleged shootout with muggers, it was revealed that the man behind the mask was Oscar LaFosse. He was a police officer in Buenos Aires from 1989 to 1996, and his gun license expired in 2012. This is 2013. So he had been walking around with a firearm that he was not licensed to carry. Illegally. Yeah. And, I mean, he was 
really the cause of his own downfall because he posted a picture of the windshield of his car filled with bullet holes to his Facebook fan page that had 33,000 followers. And so it was really easy to track him down. And police, yeah. yeah. Um, police say that all of the shots came from inside the car. No, it was all fake. It's, I don't know. No one really knows. Um, but he was the only one charged in the robbery and then announced his retirement three weeks later. Oh, no. Yeah. He said that he was in the car with his wife and that muggers came up to him. And so he grabbed his gun and started shooting at them. And then they were shooting back at him. And so he like threw himself on top of his wife. But yeah, if all the bullet holes were coming from inside the car, it just doesn't, it doesn't add up. I'm not calling no. him a liar, but I'm not calling him a truther. <laughs> not calling him a truther. <laughs> He has since published an autobiography titled Quién es Mangano, just who is Mangano. And mm -hmm. he started, I have not watched any of this yet, but he started a YouTube series called The Argenters, which is a parody of The Avengers. <laughs> um, yeah, and he has now teamed up with other local superheroes and spends his days encouraging people to donate blood. Aww. Yeah. Blood drives. My favorite part about these is just like, there's little justice leagues that they form it's pretty funny yeah i like it <laughs> just a group of like-minded individuals trying to solve some crime what do you do for fun on the weekends binge drink into oblivion just joking. <laughs> <laughs> just joking just joking that's not very true anymore uh, i mean at one point in our lives it was yeah exactly let's move on we've been saved <laughs> We talked about this last week. <laughs> it's just a recurring theme for us, I guess. It's true. All right. Well, thanks for telling me about the Captain Argentina. You're welcome. <laughs> I just realized I did not put deodorant on today, so it's about to get <laughs> real smelly up in here. <laughs> this is why we podcast in different states. <laughs> it's that bad. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So my last one is the Petoskey Batman. From Petoskey, Michigan, Mark Williams has taken to putting on a Batman costume and patrolling his local neighborhoods for crime. He claims that he mostly wants to help out his neighbors and spends a lot of time helping feed the homeless and passing out blankets and he does do nice things like that. Um, but he hasn't been without some ups and downs. The Petoskey Batman has been arrested by local police twice. No. Yeah. The first game in 2011, after he was spotted on top of a local business's rooftop, <laughs> wearing his full costume and watching those below. Okay. Can I ask about the costume? So you said he dresses up as Batman. Is this just like he like went to the Halloween store? Like, went to, like, yeah. Spirit or whatever and bought, like, a $50 costume? Or is this, like, a nicer Batman costume? Well, he's had about, like, three iterations. The first two were pretty $50 costume store 
Like fake abs and everything? Yeah, Okay. exactly. The third one doesn't have fake abs. It's like a little bit more higher quality, but it's still like, it, it doesn't look like, because you know how like, you know, new school Batman has like an armored suit more so? <laughs> His isn't like that. His is like fully clothed and he's looking real curvy in it, but <laughs> <Aww>. he... <laughs> He said curvy! <laughs> and, and he, uh, but yeah, it's not, like, you wouldn't see him walking down, you would see him walking down the street and think that he was e- either insane or that he, it's like Halloween and that he definitely has to have a child trick-or-treating around somewhere. It's like the, the people who dress up on Las Vegas Boulevard or like Hollywood Boulevard that some of them have like really, really good costumes and I'm more than willing to give them a couple of dollars and take a picture with them. But then there are those ones yeah. who are like in their party city Halloween costume that I know just don't look good and I just I feel I feel bad for them. Me too, but I also feel gypped. I'm like, beat it, clown, come back when you have a better costume. Yeah. So he uh when he was arrested the first time he was found carrying a baton, a chemical irritant spray, and other weapons. So on top of his felony trespassing charge, which honestly is crazy. I didn't realize that you could get a felony for trespassing. I once got a ticket for trespassing. Yeah, a ticketable offense. Misdemeanor. That was in college. Um. <laughs> it wasn't it was a warning for trespassing. I didn't actually have to like pay a fine or anything, but it was my bookmark for all of my college books was my <laughs> trespassing ticket. Was it from Northern Colorado or is it from CU? It was from Boulder. When did this happen? Uh, this happened summer before senior year. I was with ah. and we, ah. um, there was like some construction happening on campus and it was all fenced, mm-hmm. but we like jumped the fence because we wanted, <laughs> we wanted to go like play on the, um, bulldozer. like, yeah, the bulldozer <laughs> and everything. <laughs> And someone called the cops on us. Oh, dicks. Mm-hmm. Well. It was a fun night. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm not glad that they called the cops on you. I'm, I'm glad that you didn't get a felony trespassing ticket for this event. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I mean, I didn't need that on my record, but he definitely didn't need that on his record. <laughs> <laughs> it was a rough couple of years. For uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, he got weapons charges and a felony trespassing he was given six months probation and banned from wearing costumes for that six months. <laughs> How awful would that be if you already had tickets to Comic-Con? I know. Can you imagine, like, what his probation officer's duties entailed? Like, he had to go through his closet <laughs> to make sure he wasn't hoarding any costumes. <laughs> or, like, his Instagram or something. Like, when I had to do jury duty that one time, it was the person's Instagram that, like, damned him because his probation officer saw him with a gun <laughs> so funny he's, he's so dis- I'm like you're so stupid uh-huh. okay so then the second time for his, his second arrest came in 2012 when he refused to leave the scene of a hit and run claiming he wanted to help find the offender local police asked the costumed man to leave the scene to which he refused and was arrested for obstruction of justice <laughs> I guess, like, they, so it was, like, a hit and run, and the guy had taken off, and so they had brought in, like, the canine unit to sort of, like, sniff out his scent, and he was just, like, wandering around the scene of the crime all willy-nilly, and he kept throwing off the scent of the dog. And he wouldn't leave? And he wouldn't leave, and so they 
not he, they arrested him for obstruction of justice and resisting arrest. Wow. Yeah, so Mark Williams is a rural peach. <laughs> uh, he was also part of a hero group called the Michigan Protectors. Oh my god. But this is my favorite part of the story. However, a dispute between him and another costume hero named Beasting caused the group to engage in their own civil war and split up. No. <laughs> yes. There is no justice in the world. Justice for Beasting. Um, Petoskey, the Petoskey Batman went as far as to say Beasting is an abusive, neglectful, thieving, boastful, cowardly crook. He belongs in jail, and I will see him there. No. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so this is, like, one of the more recent of the heroes that I, like, could find. So I, like, got on the book to see if he had a Facebook. And he, like, has one. Like, he hasn't been in trouble in a long time, so I don't really think he's, like, doing much anymore. Um, He'll, like, post different articles about, like, different crimes happening in his local neighborhood. But that's it. Mm-hmm. He, he seems to have hung up his tights for now. Well, and yeah, that's that's the Petoskey Batman. I mostly just really love the drama that happened at the end. It seems to, to just cause a lot more drama than he helps sort out. I will say that is something I noticed when like at least two of two of my three because like nobody knows anything about the the El Salvadorian vigilantes, but the the two like Mr. Extreme and this one talked about on like several occasions how the reason that they wear these costumes isn't to like you know because they're like called to do so they just said it's like an attention getter mm-hmm. and i was like right, so is that why you're just doing all of this though is just for attention so. i feel like that could be interpreted in two ways though because i i think if you are dressed up in a weird costume like that and you walk into an alley and you know people are fighting. I think that's going to mm-hmm. stop the fighting more so than just like a random Joe Schmo walking into an alley. If someone that's sees true. you dressed up in costume, like there's just something very intimidating about somebody in costume. Yeah. I mean, this costume is pretty bad, but still. Still, I, that's even worse. Like when someone is wearing a, a bad costume, I just, I feel like when people try to keep their face hidden, many times they mm-hmm. don't have the best intentions. So it's just kind of, it's a, it's a creepy thing, and it, it kind of is a startling thing, and I think it would, yeah, put the attention off of a fight and onto something else. Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's cool. So, yeah, um, now we know a whole lot about, I don't know, what am I trying to say? I mean, you just know more about this random vigilante. I feel like all like all of the ones that we've talked about though are very much like on a micro level. Like they just like tr- patrol their neighborhoods, and somebody like called in the local news tip line about some random individual wearing a costume in their neighborhood. They are on a micro There's level too, but I mean, like you you said something about mental illness, and it, it's almost like a positive way to kind of spin it. Like a, I feel like a lot of these people. Sure became these vigilantes because of trauma they suffered in the past or Mm -hmm. like they're just trying to make their neighborhood a a little bit of a better place and that's kind of how they they channel this trauma and yeah I, i think that's pretty cool so 
I mean, it's all, like, well-intentioned, like, you know, trying to stop violent crimes against people in your neighborhood or passing out blankets to the homeless. There's nothing bad that comes from that. It's when it gets, you know, when it gets, like, a little too real. When it gets a little murdery. Yeah, like, like the the gray area definitely takes takes over. I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) I always wonder with people like this, if they'd even exist if superheroes didn't exist. Like, if we never had comic books or superhero movies, would people still dress up and try to make the world a better place? (laughs) Um, They probably wouldn't dress up. I don't know. Like, what made the original, like, the original superhero, they're like, yes, he needs a costume. Right. I guess it was just to conceal their identity back in the day. Yeah. But now, like, in our comic book movies, like, the Avengers, everybody knows who they are. I yeah. Know. I mean, some of them try to keep their identity hidden. I mean, Tony Stark tried to keep it hidden for a long time, but in the end, it always comes mm-hmm. out. It's true. It's true. Yeah, so when you're at your dinner party this week, people are going to be talking about Avengers. And if they're not, get better friends. Yeah, that's true as well. Why, what do you guys talk about? (laughs) Political unrest? That's applicable. Solving world hunger? Come on. That's applicable. Yeah. I mean, you can just really push this into any conversation that you're having. Mm -hmm. I do want to read a comment that we received on our last podcast. Who's it from? Miss Aaron, Mrs. Aaron Potts. <laughs> Number one fan. All right. And I think if we get enough of these, we might start a little segment where we read your reviews slash comments. Because <laughs> if they're if they're if they're fun, we'll read them. All right. Aaron says. Thank you for the interest. It, I almost said interesting, but she definitely didn't write that. Thank you for the interesting information. Mm-hmm. My favorite line was when Paige said, in reference to wearing denim, "When I get home, it's pants off." Since I recently, <laughs> since I recently found her lacy bra at my house, it kind of follows. <laughs> this is my mother-in-law. She has Paige's bra. It's a long story. Okay. <laughs> context to that but yes she does have my bra (laughs) Annika I know you don't want anyone present when you give birth but your father-in-law just might want to be present not to make sure it's your baby but because he's such a grandpa I enjoyed learning (laughs) about putting my best foot forward no wonder I've been strangely attracted to calves mystery solved (laughs) and not to worry about bringing up conversations at dinner parties I always talk about your podcast Pocahontas rules (laughs) (laughs) yes Yes, it had to be worked it in. It had to be she worked did in, it. which I just now realized we did not bring up Pocahontas at all in the episode. We so thank didn't. you, Aaron, for coming in clutch with that one. Thank you, Aaron. That's hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> I love just, that. Just the, just the best feedback. It truly is. She's so funny. I'm so lucky. Like I have the the best in laws. You know how many times people have told me to marry an orphan? What? Orphans don't get along with their in-laws. This oh sounds like something your dad would say. I know. But that's like, I mean, that, that ship sailed so long ago. Like, he wouldn't even say that. No, it's like a lot of different people I've worked for in the past. So we're just like, if we have one piece of advice for you, it's marry an orphan. Oh, that makes me so sad because I love my in-laws so much. I know. Anyway, we do have an announcement, though. 
We are going to oh, yeah. be temporarily moving to releasing podcasts every other week. I know. I'm sorry to all of our loyal listeners, like Garrett and Aaron Potts. <laughs> <laughs> it won't be forever. It won't Maybe be forever. we'll just record longer episodes and just, you know, cut them in half. Release. That's true. You can just splice them into two parters. Yeah, some two parters for a little yeah. bit. Um, it takes a, a long amount of time to get these things going, to do the research. I know. And find a time that works yeah. for both of us to record. It's true. Life happens, you know. Life so, happens. So yeah. Just until one of us, you know, fixes her career life, <laughs> <laughs> then. Then we can go back to once a week because we obviously love doing them. Yeah, they are fun. They just take a lot more time than people yeah. think about. And Annika's the one that edits them. I don't even edit them, and this is my fault. Aw. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's yeah. that's today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Please yeah. leave us a, a comment on our SoundCloud if you listen to this. Let us know what your favorite yeah. superhero was or... I promise to, I promise, I promise to put this extra time that I will kind of have into making a new website so that I can put this on Spotify and you can share it with more of your friends because a lot of people don't have SoundCloud. Yeah, a lot of people don't know how to, how to work this. You also can't, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, you can't download things on SoundCloud. I think you're correct. I think you're right. So, yeah, we're trying to get on iTunes and Spotify. We just have to get a website first. So if any of you out there are like, hey, I have a lot of free time on my hands and can design a website for free, holler at us. I have a lot of free time on my hands, and I also know how to do an RSS feed on a website. Literally all your resume needs to say is exactly that, and you're hired. Yeah. For free. It's true. Like, I don't care if... I was about to say something like horrible, like I don't care if you're a mass murderer, but I do kind of care. So <laughs> just tell us after the fact and don't kill exactly. us. Exactly. Yeah, please don't. Cool. Alrighty. Well, have a good day. Keep it interesting. <laughs> I like Keep that. it interesting. <laughs> Did I actually say keep the name of the podcast? Keep it interesting. Yeah, keep it interesting. All right. Maybe that'll start to be our sign. Love you. (laughs) Love you. (laughs) Bye.